Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Engadget Podcast, episode 25, Black Hole Sun. Our regular host, Terrence O'Brien, isn't here today, but I'm Devendra Hardwar, senior editor. I'm joined by a flock of people. Uh, this is Team Brown in Engadget. Let's Team call Brown it. Cast. Yeah. Today joining me is Reviews Editor, Sherilyn Lowe. Hello. Hi. Hello, Lowe. Okay. Yeah. Great. Also, I- Social Media Editor, Mallory Johns. Hello. Hello. Thank First you for having me. First appearance Whoa. on the podcast. Yeah. I'm very excited to be here on Making Team Broadcast. Making debut. Hello. And uh, Chris <laughs> Velasco, senior editor and our mobile lead. That's hey, me. Hey, hi. Hey. How are you doing? What's going on? What's poppin' slime? I wasn't, I wasn't going to go there. Why? I was this gonna, is why I, we're never having you back, Mallory. I chose not to be that person <laughs> for the first time in my life. We will try really I hard mean, I to wanted watch to do out it. I had for, for in-jokes, yeah. everybody. No in-jokes, guys. But that's like your I'm thing, I'm staring no? at all of you guys. Yeah, but that's your catchphrase. New Year's resolution, though, Don't look at not. me, Devendra. It's your catchphrase. Okay, Everyone no two conversations going on at one time. Just one. Sorry. Yes. Thanks a lot. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? I'm not well. Okay. Because of tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Uh... A very sad gray day in this uh, oh, country. Huh. I'll be wearing black, as I am right now, so uh-huh. maybe I'm just preparing for being in the morning. But it's the inauguration of this person who's going to be a president, I think. Yeah. I think. Something you like think? that. Maybe. Yeah, the yeah. details escape me. But that doesn't affect the title of this podcast yeah. at all. Um, yeah, we're all feeling a little doom and gloom here. But it doesn't help we'll that see. a lot of us are still sort of like residually sick from CES. <laughs> that too. Which it's, it's, yeah. just will not let us go. Yeah. And it's like what happens when you're in a family when one person mm-hmm. is sick and just keeps going around and around. They just keep passing it on to each other. I think that's what's going to so happen. So we'll be sick us. for the next we'll seven be, to eight months yeah, is what's basically. happening here. Until Honestly. CES again. So. And I kind of cursed myself last night by saying I didn't catch the sickness because this well, morning I had an insane coughing fit. asked for it. Yeah. You basically did. Basically. Um, but nothing like some good debate to get that out of you. No, huh? definitely. Segway. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> good job. I know. Uh, let's start with our Flame Wars segment. This is where we pick a topic, have two of you guys just kind of go at it and fight each other and see who, man, Sherlyn. What? Man. No, but and see. Really <laughs> and we'll basically see who wins in this debate segment. Uh, you know, we'll take a pro and con side. And just so listeners know, uh, we don't always believe in the sides we take. We kind <laughs> of just, uh, it's kind of like a debate. We just pick a side and just have to fight for it. It's an, it's an exercise in, in... It's an intellectual exercise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's about <laughs> it. I mean, yeah. I couldn't care less about the topics today, to be honest. So. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. For wow. Nah, okay. There's some I'm good kidding. stuff. Wow. We've, got some, we've had a good Flame Wars, actually. There's about two that I care about. Like, hey, yeah. yeah. All right. 
All right. So we're going to have Sherlyn and Velasco fight each other. And Mallory, you'll be the judge. And Woo. you'll figure out who, uh, who wins these things. And our first story, um, we had a great story this week uh, about the product placement in Final Fantasy XV, specifically the cup of noodles product placement, which is, uh, mm -hmm. that really, uh, that kind of disturbed me the first time I saw it. This is a story by Sean Buckley and Gadget. And uh, yeah, it's not just cup of noodles. There's Coleman coolers. There's a whole bunch of different product placement uh, in this thing. Just wondering, uh, what do you guys think of it? Sherlyn. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea in that it's not necessarily something that's not subtle, right? It's it's obvious that it's product placement. But at the same time, it's silly. It's also brings some real world elements into a game that's so fantastical that makes it more, like immerses you a little bit better in the game. Done! <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Nice. laughs> right under the buzzer. V? I, know, I, I see you reaching Your forward. rebuttal, V. Okay, let me know when to start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so basically... Final Fantasy, like most video games, is a piece of escapist art and bringing in really obtuse, silly references like this to real-world products pulls you out of something which should have its value completely separate from the real world. Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to hit it because I like the hit button. Okay. No, good job. That was like 10 seconds. I've, yeah, but I've he made like maybe one point. That's I mean, it's a bold statement, though. Not like a strong... Okay, so do you guys want to follow up with yeah. what you're saying? Um I think yeah. in addition to the fact that it brings in real-world elements, mm -hmm. it's also fun. It's also, like, interesting to see. I mean, plus, if this is another way for them to make money, I don't fault the company for doing this. Although it didn't really factor mm, into the I'm price of the if. game or I mean, anything like that. No, it doesn't yeah, translate as in to like, consumers. It doesn't, like, pass on to If them. it was, like, a cheaper game because of some of these ads, sure. that'd be kind of nice. Yeah. But, I mean... I'm sure mm -hmm. they're making some money off of this, right? I'm not saying that they have passed on the cost benefits mm -hmm. to their, their gamers. They're basically making more money. And who's to judge someone for wanting to, you know, bolster their b bottom line? Gotcha. I think my main issue is just how blatant all of this stuff is. Like, if it was just... So the main storyline of Final Fantasy XV sees, like, four guys driving across a country trying to save this, that, or the other. And if they just, like, mentioned it in passing once or twice, I'd be completely fine. But the fact that there is a segment where you sort of, like, try to find ingredients to put in your <laughs> cup noodle, okay, like, yeah. as, as a piece of art, like, the, the intersection of art and commercialism in that way just feels really wrong and not at all what I want out of a video game. I want to live this life. I want to follow these guys. Mm -hmm. I don't need to these see... Bros. Exactly. These I want to I want to live the bro life with these guys in a car yeah. in like a desert. To be fair, to be fair, I mean there are varying degrees of subtlety in the way uh -huh. they implemented this, right? It starts out very subtle with the Coleman cooler, right? And then it goes on to the cup of noodles game where you actually have to find the ingredients. Oh, it escalates, yeah. Which yeah. to me is actually kind of the appeal. It makes me want to play the game now because I'm <laughs> Wait, like, no, no, that's, that's I, not no, true. I no, it's oh true. Gosh, I straight I play games like Hong Kong Cafe just because I want to make ramen. Like that's mm -hmm. that's people like me. There are okay. people this is a subjective, it's a personal <laughs> uh -huh. point of view thing. There are people who will be attracted to that. You're saying this because you don't enjoy the idea of Well so your your contention is that there is someone out there who will Whoa, look at Final Fantasy fifteen, a game with a sprawling overworld and some kind of story which doesn't really exist, but whatever. And we'll, and we'll look at the fact that you can make cup noodle like halfway through the game and be like, yeah, I'm totally in. Yeah, and then that's, stand no, up and make a real a cup of noodles for well, themselves. To be clear, advertising in games isn't new. I remember I know, seeing yeah. billboards and stuff in of PC course. games, even in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. That's that stuff is been right, if you're a mobile gamer, like yeah. you deal with it's, it's, all the time. It's unavoidable for sure. But to but integrate it into the game, that's so much yeah. more interesting than just slapping an ad in your face. Okay. I'm not saying it's okay. not interesting. It's just bad. It's just a bad 
just bad on a moral level. I mean, Mallory, who do you think won this debate? I mean, I personally have a lot of feelings about this. That's fine, but, but you're, I really yeah, you're think that who, I, yeah, who I really the think best. that Velasco's statements were on point. <laughs> I love you, Shalyn, but I really think his statements. I don't were love on you. Point. Wow! Wow! Okay, wow. Brown just fell apart. A divorce in this is happening in Team Brown. No. So quickly. Okay, fine. cool. Great. You're, my OG is still Momo, so she knows. <laughs> <laughs> wow! By the way, right. who has never been on a podcast? And we need she, to has. she has. Yeah. Oh, she has. And then she yeah. won, and then she and never then went never back <laughs> again. <laughs> oh boy! The winning strategy. Woo. Next one. Next story. Uh, there is there is a company that is using the Tinder UI. For adoption, um, swiping right or left on a child whose life you want to save. Um, this is by the company Adoptly. Uh, Nathan Ingram just did a really good post about this, a good opinion piece. And uh, as we can tell from the comments, too, people don't like what we say about this. Uh, but what do you guys think? Is it a good idea to implement the Tinder swipe UI in an adoption program type thing? <laughs> Uh, to be clear, my point of view is that it's not. It is a dehumanizing UI for such a prickly or a sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are instances where a swiping UI works, like, for example, real estate or buying shoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to children, humans, you can't just swipe left or right and say, oh, there's like millions around. There's a more uh, personal connection to be made here. Right under the buzzer. Oh, I saw you reaching for it. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> so I should throw it for the record. I do not believe most of what I'm about to say. Okay. But I think the thing to keep in mind about this situation is that, yes, it's a bad idea, but this is not going anywhere. Like, these are just guys with a bad idea. They don't have the money to pay the people developing the service. They don't have a long-term plan. It's just a thing they dreamed up and raised money for on Kickstarter. It's just Kickstarter crap. Whoa. (laughs) So that's your apologies to uh, Kickstarter. Well, I mean... No apologies to Kickstarter. My my point ultimately is is that I I can't argue with the fact that this is dehumanizing, Uh but as a force that we would see in a larger scale, like this particular instance will not work. You're saying it's not about to become a widespread means of adoption. Like people are not going to adopt it. Right. I think think looking at (laughs) the mechanism at play (laughs) here, it does not work. It will not work. These guys will realize that. But in the meantime, they don't have the resources to make this happen anyway. I'm, I'm like, it's a non-issue. Okay, but to be to be extra clear, the question was, is it dehumanizing for an adoption app? So you agree with Charlotte? There is, there is, no, <laughs> there is no taking another side on that. Uh-huh. I, really, I really wanted you to go for it. And, like, All right, do, you, do you want me to, like, do you really? <laughs> go, you for go for it. it. You had this your it's, last chance. It's great. Chris. You know, like, speed. <laughs> I, I've got to live with this kid for the next 18 years. Yeah, just give me, I'll, I'll take that one, please. I, I love speed I mean, and friction with life. I mean, in the same way, and I don't want to make your argument for you, but, I mean, the Tinder UI is also looking for something something similarly personal. You're looking for someone that might or might not spend the rest of your life with you, right? I don't and think people are looking for that no. on the Tinder. Well, no, but a lot of other yeah. like dating and relationship apps take on the same form right. where it's just easier to kind of sort through a bunch of people mm-hmm. with that format. But it's a and sort, yeah, it's a sorting Right, but it's one technique. thing if you're trying to, if you're weighing potential options as like a partner for your life. It's another when the person on the other end of those swipes is a person you're responsible for for decades, right? Like, mm-hmm. You're, you're not entering into uh, a relationship of equals in that sense. It's you as Oh, so a, the agency yeah. is on you and not the on them either. Right. On it's you. not like a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, anyway, but my point is still the same. It's dehumanizing. You're the one that has to I can't. There's, there's <laughs> no, I've, I've argued myself into the only possible decision, which you've, is that you've Shirley painted yourself into a little bit of a corner here. Mallory, so, yeah. you've been I the mean, judge. 
Sure, Lynn, for the win. <laughs> there's, there's no two ways. You're very yeah. reluctantly giving me that point, but I, I will take it very gladly. I didn't reluctantly it's a, it's a give well you that point. point. It's a, it's a well, yeah, I, it's well I even tried Most arguing his point for him. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I mean, but again, like, mm-hmm. uh, like he said, I don't think it's gonna take off on a larger scale. Hopefully not. Although mm-hmm. I don't remember what their Kickstarter re- reaction was like. I don't know if they've done well on Kickstarter. If you want to see a lot of uh, justification for using this, go look at our comments yeah. on that story. Um, because I, I think our readers just hate it when we criticize anything. It'll, it'll all make you a liberal snowflake, guys. Next story. <laughs> liberal snowflake. Yeah. That's, that's liberal. what we are. I love for being a snowflake. Yes. Next story. Yeah, go ahead. HTC's U Ultra. And, this uh, is us right the, here. Yeah. Oh the big ones. <laughs> this is where we know what we're talking about. Whereas before, well, we're like, I, <laughs> I like how you guys get very excited. Because nobody else in the world is excited what? for these phones. But will the HTC U Ultra and whatever the hell the big one is called? What What is the big the one? The U and the U Ultra. The, right? U and the, the U Ultra. Play and okay. the U Ultra. Okay. Play. Good yeah, description. Yeah. All right. Whatever the hell the other one is called. Yeah. So V. Will they save HTC? We haven't seen a device that HTC has made that has the potential to save them as much as this thing does. The last few years, we've seen devices that operate on the same theme. These bring new elements to the table. They're not super novel, but they're signs of life in a company that sorely needs them. All right. 15 seconds. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Sherilyn? I think signs of life aren't enough to revive a dying person or a company. And I think that the the things they've tried to innovate on here are borrowed from so many other companies that there's not enough innovation going on uh, from themselves. Stop cutting into my time. No, that was about 12 seconds. Um, good points. Good points. Yeah, you guys are moving fast. I will mention this, though, since we're going to like rant about phones for a little bit. Anyway. Let's do that. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. gosh. Nerds. Like, yes. We've seen these these sort of features in action before. Huawei has a very similar sort of AI-influenced sort of power and performance management system. And obviously, the LG V10 and V20 have secondary screens, which the U-Ultra does. I think there is an argument to be made that neither of them has really like nailed this so far. Huawei is harder to shake out because we haven't had it for that long. Yeah. And the potential payoff down the road could be really significant. I don't think I've seen a second screen device that has really made full functional non-gimmicky use. Whereas with the U-Ultra, the gist of it is you've got this sort of AI assistant combing through your notifications, combing through your applications and seeing this is what you need at this time. This will get better with time. And it lives up here. It is, doesn't get in the way of all of the stuff that you do yeah. on the regular. It has its own zone that you can, you know, take to heart. Is there or any reason we should trust that though? Like HTC hasn't shown they've taken a while to get good with their software. Uh, what was it? Um, <laughs> Blink feed and Blink feed and, and all that stuff. And that was Blink feed got better over time, and then yeah. they kind of killed some of the more what was interesting the features. Was there the the name Sense of UI. Yeah. I don't. Can we trust that HTC can actually build a useful, you know, AI I, type I th- thing for this? I mean, building an AI in, by any definition is going to be a really difficult and sort of long-term process. But we have seen HTC get better with software, to your point. Like, they've realized, hey, some of our stuff, like, it's just not necessary. So they've pulled it out. They've let Google stuff stand on its own. I think, if nothing else, their understanding of the ecosystem and what people kind of want gives them maybe not an edge, but it gives them insight as to how something like this should work. So I have two points mm-hmm. against your argument here, and that Mallory, if you listen to this and understand what the argument here is, you'll see it's very clear. Um, okay. <laughs> first of all, HTC has done this for the past few years. They've iterated on something that they've known works for them, and they've tried to make it better, resulting in the 10, which was by far the best flagship they've ever made. So doing the whole improving on something that's tried and tested is kind of their thing, and it still hasn't brought them back to life, like in 
in that kind of a way. Mm -hmm. So kind of doing the same thing here, I don't see it panning out for them in a good way in the future. The second thing is what Devendra pointed out is that AIs and digital assistants kind of isn't HTC's thing. If they had just used Google Assistant or even Alexa mm-hmm. and implemented that with the second second screen, I can see that going. If somewhere. that was like a pure Google Assistant yeah. window, window up there, I can totally see that going of, somewhere. Yeah. But that's not what they decided, kind of. and so this is not enough to mm-hmm. save HTC. And you pointed this out before. They're basically just lifting features yes. from LG. Like it, it looks just like the V10 and the V20, the way the second screen is implemented. I don't think the V20 had a second Isn't screen. It? It didn't. Yeah, it yeah. does. Oh. Yeah, that's the V series, <laughs> Sherlin. Oh, oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so. It's that's the so whole point. Unobtrusive yeah. this time around. So. I also, d- I, I didn't really care for either of those phones too. So it seems like it's oh, weird for that to be the feature HTC is jumping on here, rather than, I don't know, doubling down on a new design or trying to. Like, think back to the original one, right? The M7. That thing kind of re- reshaped how we oh, yeah. viewed phones For sure. moving forward. Like, the iPhone 6 Everyone looks like that it, phone. Yeah. Everybody cloned it. That idea of having a unibody aluminum, yep. you know, really nice-feeling phone. And it's kind of surprising that they they basically couldn't make it work. Or they, they never got a good camera. And I think yeah, that always that, held them back. That dual, well, they, they, yeah. they were the first to do dual pixel. Right, um, yeah. I mean, dual, what did they call it? Dual ultra camera. pixel, I'm they sorry. They did ultra pixel, but it didn't, that was a garbage. But then they didn't do it well. You know that, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that was a garbage, like, excuse for having a four megapixel camera right, in exactly. your phone. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. No, so was, a lot oh. of mistakes, <laughs> some good design implementations, but yeah. Anyway, v? I'm sure V has thoughts. Yeah. I mean, so I think to your point about HTC sort of finding its rhythm with kind of variations on a theme, like a year after year, pretty consistent refinement. That's fair. I think, uh, to your point, again, the HTC 10 is probably the best smartphone HTC has ever made. But I think after making that and not seeing it move the needle the way they needed it to, time, like the time for a change was then. Like they couldn't just keep making the same thing better. Uh, And with regard to the AI, Frankly, we don't really know what's going on there. Like, it's very possible. Yeah. I, I doubt. I doubt that there's there, there's probably like a couple guys working on AI, but it's not like a huge, huge team. They're probably licensing this from someone yeah. who knows what they're doing. I mean, uh, probably. But I also hate it when companies throw around terms like AI for what's basically you're just organizing. You know, you're doing Google priority mail basically for you know, my <laughs> yeah. notifications. Yeah. That's all you're doing. But man, it's like not AI. Yeah, sure, but like, good luck getting away from that in 2017. <laughs> yeah, right? no, to this be is true. Like, yeah, people are playing so hard and fast with the AI lately, so right? Mallory, anyway, you be the judge. This was a really tough one because I really like both of your arguments. Well, the question is, do you think this phone will save HTC? That's Based basically off of the arguments that yeah. I heard. I'm gonna yeah. go with Sherlyn yes. on this Sherlyn. one. Sherlyn. I mean, I didn't Sorry. bring up this point before, but also the smartphone space is extremely competitive, and yeah. HTC just is going to struggle if it keeps just doing this boring old routine. Follow-up question: Do you guys think HTC will be around in its current form next year? Because I think man. they're gonna. They're, they have the one A nine slash a whatever it is now. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, like their desire series, I think, will they continue. Des- yeah. like they, they but might those are cheap phones. Well, so not they, still, they, they still should exist. So I, mean. H- I know, I the know. Way, the way the trajectory I see for mm-hmm. HTC is that Vive gets spun out into its own thing. Like, it's already co- its own thing. Right, but yeah. like completely independent You mean of so somebody, somebody buys Somebody Vive, buys it yeah. or like they just sort of realize yeah. most of our resources could do more Because right now Vive is an independent company. It's still a part of HTC. But right. So I think I think now. we might see the nature of that relationship change. Uh-huh. I don't think HTC has the guts and the resources to continue being a flagship player, but I do think their mid-range stuff is both strong enough and well-received enough to keep them around in some 
phone fashion for they the next are, yeah. couple years. They have some of the best looking like mid-range phones. Yeah, mm-hmm. like in the, the design. Like, but the, can you build a business around mid-range phones? Like we, there have been companies that have. HTC yeah. just has to like dial back its ambition. Right. The thing and is frankly, those, you know, go ahead. those other going. those other companies, <laughs> to be clear, they're doing the cheap ass phones. Um, you know, they're they do other things. Yeah. Right, right now, HTC they don't they don't do tablets. They make phones for other people. They design. You know, yeah, they build I mean, phones yeah. for other people, no, like the I'm, Pixels. You know. Which mm-hmm. isn't to say that that's like a, a bad strategy, right? That that uh-huh. still could keep them in in business. For right a while. now, the best HTC phone on the market is the Pixel and Pixel yeah, XL. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair. which is still kind of ugly, but <laughs> yeah, ugly, but they feel really good. They feel all right. They're okay. I, li- right. I love the way they feel. Anyway, even the big one, even the Pixel XL, <laughs> which is rare we, for you. you yeah. We can talk about phones forever. <laughs> like, let's be phones. real. The three of us, four of us, <laughs> can talk about phones forever. forever. Let's talk about something. Something else. Let's move on to our group chat. This is where I can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and where I can talk. I know. I think as we'll learn, um, that's that's. there's never a point where she <gasps> can't talk. Wow. Yes. You guys, this is live. <laughs> Y'all see Devendra being mean to Let's me. talk about the Nintendo Switch launch. Okay. Switch launch. And I... <laughs> I uh, I had the chance to attend the New York event last week and actually got my hands on the hardware, and uh, it feels pretty good. I had a lot of fun playing the games and uh, just fondling all, all oh, the new Nintendo hardware. Even the milking hardware. one, right? Even, even I, I had a lot of fun milking. <laughs> the milking one. I had the milking a lot of fun one. Uh, juggling the balls in my hands. Um, oh, wow. The, that's yeah, kind of fun. That's kind of fun, right after the milking thing. I don't Japanese sensibilities, <laughs> guys. Like, they built all these mini games, and the, the demo people... <laughs> Go look at our um, game coverage. Uh, the specifically, there's a post where we kind of do mini reviews of the games we've tested, and I did the video for that. It's piece. like you're explaining our coverage yes. to Sherlyn. Yes. I mean, I, I already also, read I'm it. Sure, so. I'm sure Sherlyn didn't, but also <laughs> we're explaining it to our listeners, yeah. Mallory. I know. I know. People are listening <laughs> to this show. I get this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, take a look at that video because that's just me running around like a wild man. And they have <laughs> these, I, I think it's those mini games uh, in 1 2 Switch, uh, which is a collection of games. And it's just kind of batshit. It's just kind of crazy. Like, I don't even know if most of these ideas will work, but it's kind of an interesting look at um, you know, how to use this hardware. And Nintendo's kind of good at those things, too. Can I interject mm-hmm. for a sure. second here on something that I just realized way too late? Devendra uh-huh. Hardware Hardware? Oh, my God. <gasps> <laughs> I have You've been no working words. with him for how long? I know. I just realized this. Hardware Hardware. Hey. Anyway, um, <laughs> wow. so segue. Wow. Thoughts on the Bye, hardware. Thoughts on the hardware. Nice so knowing you. I'll get back to the mini games, But, yeah, the hardware feels very good. Mm-hmm. Um I like the, it, it feels like the Wii U gamepad, except thinner, and actually strangely heavier, too. The Wii U gamepad feels kind of like a Fisher-Price toy, because it's mostly hollow and big and plasticky. This one feels more solid, mm-hmm. um, but kind of heftier, too. But it feels good in your hands, because the screen, you know, it's a, uh, the screen's like between six and seven inches. It's a pretty big screen. It's kind of wide, so just juggling that in your hands as a portable system feels a little odd. Uh, it's a 6.2-inch, 720p capacitive touchscreen. Mm-hmm. And it feels weird holding that just because it's it's like holding a small tablet, basically, with controller ends. Um, but, yeah, the controller bits feel really good, the Joy-Con stuff uh, in portable mode. Um, you know, I was able to play uh, Splatoon 2, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And uh, in desktop mode, those controllers uh, worked fine for uh, Zelda as well. What kind of a so. processor <laughs> is it? It's the NVIDIA Tegra X1 processor. So pretty powerful. 
It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's been around the block. It's been yeah. around. We saw it in the Nvidia Shield TV yeah. and some of it's their devices in enough. 2015. Yeah, I know. It's old, but it's good enough it's for old. portable. And I think we're going to see um, in portable mode, like it was fine. It's 720p. Right. I was going to say desktop. On the desktop side, like when you plug it into your TV, I think watching Zelda running off of that hardware, it, it seemed. It wasn't exactly choppy, but it wasn't like super high res. It didn't feel like but 1080p that's it's, either. So we're not oh, getting so it on 1080p. Didn't yeah. that come out yesterday? Yeah, the story, it's running at like, what, 900p yeah. or something? Yeah. I mean, it's not like that's people will see is. these right. differences, but it's just to my, like, uh, you know, my video geek eye and my gamer mm-hmm. eye, like, there are certain things I could see. Um, Nintendo's never been about hardware power, but the Wii and Wii U were, you know, far less powerful than the other systems on the market. Um, but I, I mean, yeah. I think we should talk about how excited the rest of you are for this because I feel like everyone on staff pre ordered theirs like, already. I'm kind of meh about it. Oh, yeah? I think I put a tweet out that said those exact words. I was like, I'm kind of meh, but while I get it, yes. Yeah. I mean, I was because, pretty. Yeah. Why are Go you ahead. mad about it? Because I'm, I have an article up right now. <laughs> we, we wrote about this rumor that, there, that Nintendo filed for a VR patent for mm-hmm. the Switch. And that made me like super excited because I'm kind of like VR like geek at this point. That won't really happen with that hardware, though. Nope. I yeah, know. So I was like super enough. excited. I was like, uh-huh. oh, my gosh, it's going to be great. Maybe a replacement to like Gear VR. Like... Maybe it'll it would be upcoming, right? Because patents filed tend to come yeah, in yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm I also like mm-hmm. trying to figure out if I'm going to get a PS4 Slim right now to get PSVR. And so, in get my pro. mind, get the pro, <laughs> get the pro, get the pro, get the pro, get the pro. Get the pro. Get the pro. <laughs> oh, this is okay. this is my role in yeah. Gadget to like subtly help pro. people it's make really bad buying also, decisions. Also, don't don't buy the PSVR yet. He has yeah. made me. I mean, I tried it at your apartment. and It was okay. That was not me. That was kind of me. With regard to Switch, yes. So uh, I was kind of, yeah. I didn't even get to finish. God. So finish. I was kind of upset that <laughs> there was no inkling of any VR capabilities. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, the price is nice. Yeah, and it's 300 bucks. I loved the Wii for what it was. And as uh-huh. like a casual gamer. But you guys didn't have the Wii U. Because yeah. the Wii U like is hot garbage. My well, friend has a Wii U. Yeah, I like I like the Wii U just fine. It's just I can it's understand hot why. hot garbage, Devendra. It's a good system. It's just n- Nintendo didn't quite know how to sell its capabilities, right? Like Mario. Um, well, I would say they weren't yeah. speaking to mm-hmm. casual gamers. The casual gamer yeah. like me, they spoke to me and got mm-hmm. me into the Wii to a point where I wasn't even going to the gym anymore because <laughs> I was doing Wii. Like, okay, wow. well that's something. I mean, uh, so the Wii U seemed like a misstep. Most because Nintendo saw tablets and was like, hey, let's put a tablet on our console, except they didn't realize that, uh, yeah, people like tablets because you could take it places. You could take it on the bus. You could take it somewhere and, like, actually still play a game on a decently sized screen, and that's what they're doubling down on here. And there's something called the 3DS, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's a separate story. But one of the cool things you could do with the Wii U was, like, just play a game on that little gamepad and I knew people who would just like move the Wii U base console like around their house so they could just like, you know, plug it in their bedroom and just like have portable gaming there. So now, you know, you don't have to do that sort of thing. I think that's kind of cool. So V and I were talking mm-hmm. a little bit about the, the Switch right before we started. And I think one of my questions was that, um, you know, launch game titles are kind of limited. It seems mm-hmm. like, I don't know what you think. Because you're more of a gamer. Well, sure. But like we've, we've determined this, what, three there Maybe f- so there's there's the big stuff. There's Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. There's once you switch that collection of mini games. Mm-hmm. There's Just Dance, which launched last year. Like yeah. it's a it's a port of a game that is already available on the Wii U. I'm fairly sure. And then like a Skylanders thing. 
So oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. so like, great, man, that. great. If you're like 12 mm-hmm. years old, but anyone else who has like the money, which again, it's like a thing. Hey, don't stole. knock Skylanders. <laughs> Did you ever play Disney Infinity? It's hot trash. It's all, it's Disney all, Infinity it's all, was amazing. All, I agree. Disney that's Infinity all trash. Is. It's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah. It's just a cash grab, and you fell for it. But <laughs> wow, um, I personally had my husband. and I had a large collection of Skylander sets. I'm they, not like, they they won. Yeah. They won. <laughs> but but ultimately, my point is. Uh-huh. There's no, there was no mention of a Pokemon, which to me is like a, a system mover. Yes. Yeah. The only other game that I've seen in the offing that has any real for me any <laughs> is, uh, is Fire Emblem, and that's not coming out until 2018. So in yeah, fairness, yeah, nobody buys a system for Fire Emblem, unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah. yes, which is not, which that's is not a you. statement on their quality. But yeah. I think my point is, there really isn't like for the people who mm-hmm. would buy something like this, it does. I think really nicely bridge the gap between a home machine and a portable machine. Is it particularly amazing at both? Maybe not. That remains to be seen. But there's mm-hmm. more potential there than we've seen from Nintendo in a long time. Yeah. I don't think their software, their their lineup is in any position to to move systems mm-hmm. as of March 3rd or whenever it launches. I it's think like, what, what we're noticing, too, is like Nintendo moved really quickly, right? When did they announce this thing? In like, like last, October? Yeah, October yeah. last like year. Like really quickly. And like, oh, we're, we, we got the announcement details. We have a launch coming in March. Uh, it seems like they're just trying to accelerate, maybe to beat out the Xbox Scorpio or, or whatever that is, like yeah. when that launches at the end of the year. They're not really competing with Sony and Microsoft here, but it seems like they just need to get out to the market and basically erase the Wii U as quickly <laughs> as possible. Like that's I mean, I don't blame right. them because yeah. that's like a black mm-hmm. mark on like yeah. their history. So if the launch lineup opinion. isn't great, it's okay. Yeah, agreed. Although I think a lot of people will be getting it. Like the people pre-ordering it are getting it for, for Zelda. Zelda. Sure. And they're going to play Zelda and they're going to play Zelda wherever they want, which is that's the big appeal. Um, but it seems like they have a decent lineup for the rest of the year, at least. Uh, hopefully we'll hear more at E3. Right. I yeah. just hope that a Pokemon game will come. I uh-huh. feel like that would be a huge win. <laughs> I think that's kind of unavoidable, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. just because it's, it's portable, like, you can't... Uh-huh. But, like, I was very excited. Like, I, there was some rumor about it, and we wrote about it, that there might be a Pokemon game yeah, coming Pokemon at launch. Yeah, Pokemon Stars or something. I was so like, excited, because oh, I just got Pokemon so Sun and Moon almost done, yeah. playing it. But we just, got, we just got we a just massive got a new yeah. Pokemon game that took a while. Yeah, that took a while to come out. I could see, like, I'm sure Pokemon would sell the system. Maybe we'll see something by the end of the year, something Pokemon-wise. Well, we were talking about mm-hmm. uh, Sun and Moon-specific, like, version for Switch. That could be interesting. Although, it would also be nice yeah. to kind of get a main series Pokemon game on a home console, which has never, never happened. Never happened ever, mm-hmm. and I would love that. I, I will throw <laughs> this out there, though. Just looking back at the Wii U, which, as we all know now, has been a bit of a garbage fire, it launched with 23 games. So, yep. like, they were definitely feeling it, and <laughs> it wound up in the dumpster. So Maybe to they're re- scared. Yeah. So, so to release, not... release a product with... It, I would, it seems to be uh-huh. is infinitely more potential yeah. with a handful of games, one of which is really going to be worth playing. Yeah. Like, that seems like you're shooting yourself in the foot. The I mean, I yeah. think they sh- it sounds like they've shifted their focus mm-hmm. to something better. In the launch lineup, like, you, you can only judge so much from a launch lineup, right? Um, well, I think you can, mm-hmm. you can make some pretty accurate judgments about developer enthusiasm. Yeah, that, I guess, that except we don't know how long the developers had to, like really sit down and build something for this like uh, like okay. I was pointing out like all of this is happening super fast so a lot of devs don't want to show anything if they don't have anything you know that's actually done or ready in time and so also we'll judging see. by the mm-hmm. hype around the switch I think that mm-hmm. developers are going to be encouraged to keep you know creating yeah. software games for them so and let me tell you like just based on what I saw I played arms which is the new like unboxing game using the joy cons and motion controller mode 
and that felt pretty good. Like just being able to move around. You when you punch, you can kind of angle your fist to angle the punch on the Very screen. Cool. Uh, it's doing fun and new things. Um, One Two Switch has those mini games. I don't know how much lasting value they'll have. Yeah. But what's interesting about those is that you're not looking at the TV. Like you put, you know, you start the game and you're listening to audio cues and you're like staring at your opponent. Basically, you're staring at the person you're playing against. So it's basically turning the switch into like almost like a board game type thing or like mm. a party game thing, which is kind of fun too. I, I like that idea just because there's so much going on in the controllers that you don't even have to like, yeah, VR actually potential. be looking at the screen. VR potential. Mm-hmm. I mean, For no, sure. not VR. Well, uh, not that screen and not the one, yeah. but the controller but the control, implementation. Yeah. yeah. The controller but maybe. Like the it's, touch. it's basic motion control. It's not like 3D yeah, object tracking. They wouldn't have the resolution uh, for that yeah. kind of thing. I no, think. I mean, that 720 is ass. For the Sorry. controller. <laughs> oh, just I'm talking about like motion yeah. tracking. Like, I don't think it can be that granular, like, right? Yeah, you need actual 3D space mm-hmm. motion yeah. tracking mm-hmm. and not just like, you know, accelerometer. Right. Speaking of the controllers, yeah. what is, I forget what they call it, but like HD Touch or HD Rumble? Yeah. The sort it's of just Rumble. It's a really good Rumble. It feels almost like the 3D Touch mm-hmm. from the iPhone. So there's one mini game in 1 2 Touch where you're kind of holding a box or you're pretending it's a box. It's filled with like, a mystery amount of like metallic balls and you're just you have to like move it mm-hmm. left and right to like uh oh. to like basically it's like a kid's game to like sure. feel like oh how I'm many or how many yeah. are being held in here <laughs> yeah clearly clearly <laughs> both of you, you are you like play-doh right man yeah i like play-doh and, and metallic mm-hmm. balls and what was <laughs> what was really interesting too is like if you put it in tabletop mode uh i was playing um like w- i was using one of the joy cons like a small nes gamepad and it's not very comfortable, but I was playing with somebody else near me, and we were playing Snipper Clips, which is this puzzle game where you basically have to coordinate with the person you're working with mm. uh, to fit yourselves into puzzle pieces or to solve stages. And that's a really new, that's like a type of gameplay I haven't really experienced, maybe not since like old school console days, like not since the N64 or even the SNES. Like, oh, wow. I think the Switch c- is going to bring new sorts of gaming back for people. And you'll have your PlayStation 4, your Xbox One back at home for your big, you know, big budget games. This is something else. So I'm more intrigued. Um, What is weird coming out of that event, I was so, like, hyped and enjoyed everything I saw. And just seeing on the internet, like, everybody just hating it. And that was a weird response, too. Like, everyone was like, I just don't get it. And I guess it's one of those things where you have to, like, maybe get it in your hands and start, like, really playing it. Uh, There's definitely issues. Um, yeah, Battery we life is like going to be an a issue. Twitter poll actually about that topic. I asked people what do you think the Nintendo Switch is? Mm-hmm. Living room console or like portable? And it was very mixed. I think 45% of the people thought that it was uh, portable. Uh-huh. And then 30% thought that it was like living room. Well, that's about right. And then, and then we'll I threw in a Yoshi yeah. robot assistant for fun. <laughs> <laughs> and most people thought it was that. One last Aww. question, I guess, before we move off the Switch. What do you guys think this means for the 3DS, which is Nintendo's actual oh. portable system right now? I just bought a 2DS, so I really <laughs> hope that it's not the end for Nintendo's portable console. It's still a good... Like, there, you have a huge library of games yeah. to tap into. There's a lot of stuff you could play on that. And it's cheaper, right? It's super cheap. So I, mm-hmm. It was 80 bucks for yeah. my 2DS, which is... You can't beat that. Yeah. And it's, the 3DS is, what, 150 and below at this point, depending yeah. on, like, what model you get? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think? Like now you have a home console that's effectively could be a portable console, although you can't fit in your pocket. You need to have like a bag uh, or something. I've got for some it. thoughts because uh-huh. the Switch uh, effectively gets rid of Street Pass and the Miiverse, and those are kind of 
two of the recent hallmarks of the 3DS and 2DS world, like the ability to just walk by somebody and mm -hmm. trade with them. Like I love that aspect. Have you used it though? Yes, I use and it. And it works? Yes, I use it quite frequently and I trade a lot in my yeah. neighborhood. I've never had good luck with yeah, it. Yeah, me neither, yeah. actually. I don't think I've ever actually had like a good interaction mm -hmm. via street pass with another human yeah. being. I got I some good Pokemons, you know. <laughs> we slept the battle, by the way. Yeah, we did. Throwing this out there, throwing the glove down on the podcast. Okay. I normally bring my 2DS everywhere, but it's not with me today, which is weird, so I'll bring it in Updates. next week and we'll and do it. And the Switch is going to have a online, like an online platform oh, of right. some kind. Right. So that's different because Nintendo's tried several times and failed yeah. at doing online right. anything right. So it's more of a, a centralized service this time akin to like a PlayStation <laughs> Network or an Xbox Live where you pay a monthly fee. It does matchmaking. It gives you access mm -hmm. to one free game, which you don't get to keep, which is a little odd, but sure, whatever, fine. Uh, it does seem a little hamstrung right out of the gate. I mean, this isn't a thing that we really have been able to experience yet and probably won't for at least another month or so, but... Uh, things like voice chat, which has always kind of historically been absent from Nintendo consoles, I think with good reason, because kids are kids, kids yep. are kids, and yep. they're going to be playing with adults, kids and also kids. kids are just jerks to other people in Go general. Ahead. Yep. So that's that's yes. That's me. I'm a kid. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> but this time, so the intent is that you run voice chat off of a separate smartphone app, which. Just to me, adds another potential point of failure to the mix. And at, frankly, at that point, if you're using something else to coordinate with people anyway, like get a Skype call going, get yeah, a yeah. Hangout or going, or a like, phone call, yeah. or a Remember phone, phone call. No, no, guys, you're what so old. old. All right, totally do it. All right. <laughs> so, so that software thing isn't really gonna. gonna I mean, it's people will buy into it out of necessity, and mm -hmm. I think Nintendo has a pretty good understanding of how to sweeten the pot over time, but I don't think that the infrastructure, like I don't think they've completely wrapped their head around the best way to make this work, and more importantly, how to make it work on a device that is as portable as it is stationary. Although, I guess it's interesting, if you push it to a mobile device, then you really keep it out of the hands of like really, really young kids, or mm -hmm. kids mm -hmm. who, don't, who don't have those things, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what Nintendo wants. They want to keep those people, those young kids safe, and that's what's held back a lot of their online services for so long. So maybe it's yeah. a way of Separating that audience a bit, yeah, the more the teens and the the adults, so-called adults who have these devices, right. can run some sort of multiplayer thing. Is that a dig at me, Dimitro? <laughs> what? No. Wow, are you taking what? everything real personal wow, today? Mallory. <laughs> wow. Jeez, I mean, Mallory, it's, it's my mood. Just because you're wearing a Pikachu soon. hat right now, Mallory, does not mean <laughs> lies to the people watching this on That's Facebook Live and YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think we're good on the Nintendo Switch. I think we have. Exhausted. Before, before, Shirley's <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about games anymore. No, nah, V had something to say. Can we, can we run a Twitter poll to decide whether or not I cancel my Switch pre-order? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I woke up the day after the live How stream. You oh, you don't you do really, that and you resell just resell it. it on eBay. Yeah, exactly. for money. Mm. Duh. For money. V, mm. stop throwing your money away. <laughs> you, Make money. You're asking so the you actually here. You pre-ordered it already? Well, so I woke up the morning after the Nintendo Direct live stream and like went to Target's website and was like, oh, it's available. I found the loophole. No one else knows about this yet. So I obviously put it, and I was obviously very wrong. But I have one. It's it's going to come a couple days after launch. Yeah, I would not wow. cancel your pre-order yeah. just because it's more valuable than you think, yeah. even if you don't want it. Also, it is, it's funny. A lot of people I heard was like, yeah, I pre-ordered, and then I cancel. I'm like, I, 
I guess I just don't know that thought process right now. Like, why would you can't like if you already yeah. have it coming, just keep it and yeah. resell it? Or I mean, yeah. I guess there's there's it's mm-hmm. more troublesome to resell it than to just it cancel is. and get your money mm-hmm. back it immediately. Is. I Although guess? even like I'm sure Craigslist or some like so you don't even have to ship at that point. Yeah. Like you could just say hey, I have a switch and people Come will throw money yeah. at you. <laughs> yeah. Like that's all you have to do. Especially when that Pokemon sweetness happens. <laughs> yeah, and oh, when that happens, dreams, I will, I will buy one. I will definitely buy right. one okay. in 2018. One more. But if you pre-ordered it, then. You can just have it <laughs> and then play Pokemon on it. Or yeah, I'm. Hi, y'all. It's, it's gonna. One more group story. One more group story before we finish this podcast. Um, so it was announced yesterday that uh, President Obama surprisingly, um, or uh, earlier this week, but President Obama uh, commuted Chelsea Manning's sentence. And Chelsea Manning is the um, the former uh, Army intel- intelligence analyst who leaked a lot of documents to WikiLeaks and started. Uh, it was kind of a thing. Like that's what helped make WikiLeaks a very important source for a lot of newspapers. Yeah. New York Times was using their information. Um, I mean, I think most of you'll remember that video too, showing um, a U.S. helicopter attack in Baghdad yep. that ended up killing journalists. So Chelsea Manning uh, was convicted of violating the uh, Espionage Act in 2013, sentenced to 35 years. Um, and it turns out, so she is actually going to be um, free in a couple months, May 17th. So she served about seven seven years of this thing. What do you guys think about this? Because it was a surprising development. Um, do you Four think it years, was fair? Right? Not seven. Uh, 2013 to 2017. 2013 to 2017. Yes, you're right. Um, you. But no, she, I mean, she was, that. it took a while yeah, for her yeah, to get sure. committed. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean... Understanding the reasoning or understanding why people have been petitioning to get her to at least be moved to a different facility or, mm-hmm. or is is what makes me feel like this was justified somewhat. Because as a transgender woman, she's now in an all-male prison. Yep. That is just awful. And That's she's just, already tried to commit, commit suicide, suicide at least twice. twice yeah. so, right. so just in light of that alone, I think, yes, this was justified even if it wasn't you know I, I didn't need it to be a, a him to commute it or, or completely pardon her mm-hmm. just move her that's yeah. all i kind of wanted but even and then, yeah to be clear this isn't a complete pardon yeah it's, it's more just, it's mercy it's more like shortening also. the sentence she yeah. had from 35 yeah. to, to four years mm-hmm. but at the same time i also again if, if the idea was to move her somewhere else i don't think there was anywhere she would have fit in yeah so, it, w- it would have been difficult and it's also the argument from a lot of uh, legal uh authorities too or um or theorists mm-hmm. is that uh you know it, it was an excessive punishment I, I think for people who people who do similar things like this uh they usually see between like seven and ten years yeah but maybe it's the extent and how much information yeah you know she I mean, put out there 35 that years really is, hard. is, is mm-hmm. a long sentence to, to for not mm-hmm. having killed anyone well not directly i mean and i'm not sure kind of how that video impacted um, other people. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the penalty was heavier because of that video. Yeah. I think it was our government's first, this was the first time, like a lot of government secrets were kind of spilled out mm-hmm. there. And that was like, as social media was blowing up, it yeah. was as, you know, she people like were finally online. Snowden by three years. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thoughts. I mean, I think <clears throat> not to be a super like pro rah, rah government guy, but like, <laughs> I think given the circumstances and, and sort of the the fear that sort of came about because of all this, I think I think the administration did what they thought was prudent at the time. But as time has progressed and we've seen 
A, what Chelsea has been going through, and sort of B, the fallout from what has been released sort of take shape. I don't think we're functionally that much worse off. Obviously, I mean, this mm-hmm. is a very outsider perspective. Like, I'm not, yeah. we can't speak for any sort of internal government stuff. But, I mean, like, my life functionally hasn't changed. I, th- I would argue most people would stay the same. The fallout, like, doesn't seem commensurate with the crime at this point. So, mm-hmm. it, to me, it, it, it's a logical move. I mean, uh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think I commend Obama on his very, like, diplomatic approach. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's not a complete pardon. He's just commuting. So that way... There can't be some crazy like right wingers being like, oh no, but like no, I didn't pardon her. I commuted a sentence. Yeah, although you you'll still have that. You'll still have that. Yeah, the distinction won't exist for some. It's also strange to think about uh, Manning's story now because this was when WikiLeaks was it was an up and coming organization. It was kind of interesting, and you know Julian Assange Mm -hmm. was not the character he is now. Mm -hmm. And now WikiLeaks has turned into kind of something else. (laughs) Yeah. Just. And then yeah. one day, somewhere in the Engadget chat room, we were like, so wait, is WikiLeaks evil now? And I was like, oh, okay, uh-huh. well then. Yeah, I mean, take this with a grain of salt, too, but I've seen people theorizing that, yeah, at some point, like, um, WikiLeaks ended up being a pawn for Russia as well, or at least in some way, like, uh, Putin and the Russian government had something on Assange that, yeah. Like, you could say that WikiLeaks, mm-hmm. in effect, uh, was a catalyst on this current election and what's going to happen. Definitely. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's a DNC thing. So, right? It's yeah. just funny how much has changed because when um, this information got out there, WikiLeaks was kind of being heralded as this new form of information oh, yeah. and a new way for reporters to get information securely and things like that. Uh, and yeah, it's fallen quite a bit since then. I mean, speaking of Assange, mm-hmm. the, one of the questions we were looking at here was whether, I mean, he promised, right, if she yep. was ever pardoned, that he would come back to the U.S. from, I guess, his from London, mm-hmm. the Ecuadorian embassy that he's yeah. holed up in. Um, this isn't exactly a pardon. So do you think this is something, though, that will spur him to come back? Yeah. No. I guess we'll see. But he, I think he also, wasn't it, if... If they had moved Manning, he also would have uh, come as well. I right? thought it was just yeah. a pardon, but I, yeah. I mean, I might have missed out mm-hmm. on anything else he might have said. But uh, I mean, given the sentiment now around like intelligence-related, espionage-related kind of offenses, do you think if he did come back and if he did go through, you know, due order and everything, or mm-hmm. due process, um, <laughs> that he would face a lighter sentence at all? Yeah, I don't know if this would affect him, especially after. The election and after some of the things WikiLeaks was tied to there too. Yeah, I feel like if this happened maybe even like a month or two earlier and he mm-hmm. did come back, it would have been very harsh on him. But with the current administration, oh, like yeah. the new administration is coming in. Uh, but the new administration sort of benefited from all of that. No, stuff they, they won't. I'm saying yeah. that I'm saying that it would have been harsher on him if he came back before. But uh, now, yeah. when he, oh. if he comes back. Like maybe a slap on the wrist. I don't maybe know. maybe that's his plan. Uh, also, want to point out, Obama also pardoned the Stuxnet leaker James he Cartwright, did, yeah. which is interesting as well. Um, yeah, because Stuxnet is a really interesting thing. We, I talked to um, Alex Gibney, the documentary director, about this uh, last year about his film Zero Days. So mm-hmm. check that out. We have a video interview and a long interview there. But, you know, Stuxnet was this U.S.-backed malware built together with um, with Israel that attacked Iran's nuclear program. And that kind of preceded a lot of cyber attacks. Like, after that, I, I felt like, or I think we've noticed, like, other countries felt okay implementing their own types of cyber attacks, probably because of Stuxnet or 
Stuxnet kind of was the catalyst for mm-hmm. a lot of company or for yeah. a lot of countries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to look at Stuxnet as a first bullet fired mm-hmm. in a new generation of cyber war, and it's a, it's really f- interesting too to look at how Cartwright was being treated. So I think ultimately, uh, sensing was down to something like two years of prison, which, mm-hmm. I mean, like bad, sure, but yeah. like really not that big a deal compared to some of the other other sentences we've seen commuted and sort of taken care of in the waning days of the Obama presidency. Like, mm-hmm. He was facing up to five years. Up to five. sentence, yeah. Yeah, and his defense pardon. was looking for something like 600 hours of community service <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, um, I mean, this is a potentially stupid question. No. But, okay. uh, so these are presidential pardons or commutions mm-hmm. or whatever that... Commutations. Commutations. Well, next it was a pardon in that case. So that's yeah. a pardon that's and a pardon. that's a commutation. Mm-hmm. So is there any chance these, are, this, these get overturned? Well, pardons don't get overturned because okay. that's kind of like the president's last parting gift okay. to mm-hmm. certain individuals. Okay, cool. I was just curious. Although there's certainly other sorts of things, you that know, a, yeah, a government could do. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing stopping an incoming president from like cooking up another charge and going yeah. after a person who was pardoned for something completely quote unquote separate. Yeah, or even the mm-hmm. Chelsea Manning's case, like. Trump could come in and be like, oh, I don't agree and find something, like you were saying, something else to kind of like mm-hmm. put her back. So this is kind of tenuous. <laughs> this is not I mean, fun. everything I mean, a lot is of tenuous. None of it is fun, but it's the <laughs> best. Yeah. We're hanging in, in kind of, yeah. yeah we're, it's yeah. the best <laughs> option for, for these folks. Uh, another thing, the Obama administration has, uh, they've contrasted uh, Chelsea Manning's position to Edward Snowden. Um, Chelsea Manning, you know, she uh, she presented herself to the court. She was judged. She, she went through that whole process. It wasn't a great process, but she went through it. Um, Edward Snowden, what, you know, he stayed out of the country. He escaped to Russia, and now he's under you know Russian protection, I guess, in a certain way. Um, do you think the Obama administration has a point there, oh, yeah. not to pardon or not to yeah, not I, to go easy on Snowden at this point? I 100% think they have a point. Not that I mm-hmm. think they should not go easy on Snowden, but I think that Chelsea Manning in, you know, facing trial and everything is much more above board than fleeing your country and mm-hmm. not going through the due process. Like, between the two of them, if, if Obama mm-hmm. had to pick one to pardon, I would pick Chelsea Manning. Well, yeah. yeah. It also happened before. And I think partially what led Snowden to do what he did um, was he saw how Chelsea Manning was treated. Though, so, like it wasn't it wasn't great. I mean, as much as I would love Snowden to be pardoned, he has not apologized and like he hasn't come back to the U.S. And I was like talking about this last night actually with some friends. He's in a kind of precarious situation. Oh yeah, because Russia has extended his asylum up to 2020. And like my thinking is, why why would Russia do that? Like, are they gonna like say he's some type of spy? So if he takes the asylum and becomes a citizen, which he is eligible to be a Russian citizen in a year, which is kind of crazy, like what would happen to Snowden if he became a Russian citizen? Would he disappear into the Kremlin and we never hear from him again? I mean, I think his value on the mm-hmm. world stage like would prevent him from ever really disappearing. But uh, I mean, just just by let's say hypothetically he does become a Russian citizen, like I don't see how he doesn't become a persona non grata in the United States, like. Obama has yep. shown a real uh, hesitance to pardon whistleblowers. I don't think I mean, Chelsea Manning might be the first real high-profile case that happened. Yep, yeah. Even that's a commutation. Yep. Uh, for him to potentially, or anyone coming in, to look at someone like Edward Stone, who has done what he's done, arguably for better or worse. I mean, we could argue about that all day. 
but for him to extend an olive branch to someone who has yeah. then become a full-fledged citizen of a nation which we have strong suspicions of pulling some really shady shit. Yeah. I hesitated, but shady shit. In our, <laughs> I don't know how PG-13 uh-huh. we can get on. But anyway, like it's it, it couldn't happen. Like he... I don't. I don't see him coming back for a very long time. Yeah. No. Although I, I think the importance of the information he put out there is is insanely. It's dramatic. Like it's it reshaped policy. It reshaped the national conversation. It kind of made it clear how far the government was going when it came to things like privacy and surveillance. Um, these are all important points. And I also want to point out too that he, it wasn't his choice to end up in Russia. Right. He yeah. got stuck there. Like he was trying to. Was it somewhere in Venezuela, South America, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Which is also not great nope. either, um, <laughs> but probably a little better as a place to hide out than Russia. Because, uh, I mean, he also couldn't have predicted that all these Russian ties to election hacking and, yeah, influencing this last election. Yeah, it's not a great spot for him to be in at nope. this point. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think that's like... <laughs> as far as we know, I mean, there's not much else that we could go on. Yeah, because we, there's, you know, no, none of them are talking about coming back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's worth reading up on all the stuff right now, and I wonder how, just given um, Trump's rhetoric, like how will he treat any of this stuff huh. too? Like how will he treat Edward Snowden if Snowden was forced to leave Russia or something? I yeah. wouldn't imagine well. <laughs> I don't know. There's yeah. Yeah, there's a lot we don't know. Okay, anything else you guys want to add about this or the Chelsea Manning story? I mean, just that I hope the week? last five months in for general. Chelsea Manning will be, you know, bearable mm-hmm. at the yeah, very safe least. safe ones. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And there she's protected in some way. If anything, solitary, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, where can people find all of you on the internet, Sherlyn? On the Stuxnet. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not, <laughs> no, that's not how it works. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, at Sherlyn Lowe on Twitter. Uh, at mm superfly jr, there is a story to that handle. One Can you day. repeat that handle? At mm superfly jr, and God, yes, there a is a senior. Terrible, yeah. terrible. I thought, I thought you were like senior? my my older sister has the senior. Oh, damn. What? Yeah. So so now I can just contact your older sister and be like, hey, well, so what's what's well, up? That's, that's not her. What's that's not her accurate email address. She kind of has a variation on that, but. I'll I'll find it. I'll she, Google it. She that's, was the that's I'll find it. For on the our social media head, Mallory. I, I don't know about that. I tried <laughs> to get at Mallory. Okay. Yeah. I tried oh, to get I'm sure. It. I'm yeah. sure. Get at me, bro. Velasco. Uh, anyway. Hey, you can What's hit up? me up on uh, at Chris Velasco at Twitter. I'm also at v at engadget.com if you want to chat via email because people still Are you do still doing that. that? <laughs> <laughs> Inviting them to email you. Okay. Why? I've done some good wow, stuff. Wow, you were a brave soul. <laughs> I like to I like to stay in touch with our people. Our people. I, I do our too. I, I talk to them all day long. <laughs> I'm oh. at Devendra on Twitter. I also podcast about movies and TV at slashfilm.com. So check that out. If you have any questions, complaints, suggestions, let us know. You can find us on Twitter uh, at all those handles, but also uh, follow Engadget. And also Yell follow at Engadget Podcast. Yes, Engadget Podcast. Email us at podcast at engadget.com. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. I'd love to see more reviews and, and more people who don't hate us. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud. I manage our SoundCloud oh, page, nice. and it's one of my like personal projects. Okay, and SoundCloud's you're like great. a SoundCloud nerd too, right? Yes, so. I do do like music and audio production on the side. So we have a SoundCloud page uh, at Engadget Podcast there as well. Cool. Follow us there. Thanks, and check out Engadget next week if we're still here.
I, I don't know if we're still going to be around. I don't know if America's still going to be around. <gasps> next oh, week. gosh. Oh, uh, do you know I, something well, we don't know? I, I know we're going to have a new president tomorrow. Cheers. 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 Mm.